0: We cross now to London to our correspondent Pete Ross from BBC World. Good morning, Pete.
1: Hi, good morning, Karen. Thanks for having me.
0: Your moustache needs waxing, does it?
1: Um, Well, I mean, I've certainly got one and a bit of a beard to go along with it, which is a bit of a consequence of the pandemic. So, yeah, probably it does. That's a longer
0: answer than you're expecting, I'm guessing. (laughs) No, but interesting nonetheless. All right, um, Pete, we all know there is really only one story to talk about, particularly in the United Kingdom. Britain is in mourning following the death of Queen Elizabeth at Balmoral Castle in Scotland last week. Yesterday, uh, the Queen's Coffin left Balmoral for the Scottish capital, Edinburgh. That's ahead of her state funeral on Monday, the 19th of September. So what happens right. next?
1: Well, so we're, we're essentially up here. In, well, in, in, I say up here in Scotland. I was actually in Scotland just last week driving that exact same route. That the uh, the Queen's cortège uh, made its way down yesterday. You'll have, if you've had the television on at any point, certainly in this country, you couldn't have failed to have missed the coverage. Um, thousands of people lining that route in Scotland um, as it made its way from the north of the country down into the capital of Edinburgh. Um, the Queen's coffin is now in Holyrood Palace, which is the official residence of the monarch uh, when they're in Scotland, um, and uh, awaiting the King essentially, King Charles, who this morning has been uh, addressed. Both houses of the British Parliament, and also hearing condolences from from members of both of those houses. He's due to fly to Edinburgh. He's going to get here uh, in a couple of hours' time to join uh, the coffin of his mother before it makes its way up the Royal Mile from Holyrood Palace to uh, St Giles' Cathedral, just at the top of the mile, just before the castle. Uh, I'm sure you know some of your listeners may have you know Edinburgh is a, is a, an internationally renowned city. It's where I'm from. I And some listeners may have, you know, travelled up that historic royal mile. It's a very small street. It will allow people to get very close indeed to the Queen. Now, her body and coffin will remain there overnight before it then makes the final journey back to London. It was reported that that was going to happen by train. Some reports even saying that she would be placed in a sort of perspex carriage so that people could see, you know, much like the the Hertz that, that was that was travelling yesterday. Um, I think probably time constraints that has seen that pl- those plans changed. She will fly back to Buckingham Palace and then make a journey from there, joined by King Charles, um, to Westminster, where she will lie in state for four days that will allow people to go along and pay their respects members of the public allowed to go along and um, they're expecting huge numbers uh, we hear that uh, there'll be you know you won't have a chance to stop or rest it will just be a continual queue of people filing past and paying their respects uh, and all of that she'll, as i said she'll be there for four days ahead of the state funeral on monday
0: and Pete, uh, King Charles, as you said, he's on his way to Edinburgh at the moment with uh, the Queen Consort. He's just he was just at the Palace of Westminster, and they sang "God Save the qu- the King." I am getting it wrong myself. It must yeah. feel very strange singing that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think just in general, we're, we're kind of getting used to. You know, I mean, it, it was shocking news. Even though the Queen was ninety-six years old, even though um, we we could see that she was slowing down and was withdrawing from public life a little bit, particularly following the death of of her husband, the Duke of Edinburgh, which I spoke to you about at the time as well. But even given all of that, even that she, you know, returned to Balmoral or was in Balmoral, which she visited pretty much every summer from her childhood, um, but that she hadn't made the return at the end of the summer to London. Even we had all this, you know, evidence, if you like, it's still the news still came as a great shock. Um, And whether you're a Republican or a Royalist or somewhere in between, the vast majority of the country has been in mourning for the last few days. However, That was Thursday. It's now Monday morning. Um, you know, and and we're breaking into a new week and and we're just beginning to try and you know get our heads around about you know all the changes we're gonna go through. And that's not just a new king and singing a new song, you know. The queen, you know, still dominates you know life here. She's on all our banknotes, she's on all our stamps, you know, our, our post boxes on police uniforms. So there's so much to change, and I think we're only just very slowly beginning to to wake up and and realise what that might mean.
0: And in his previous role, uh, the king was known to be outspoken on a number of subjects, Charles, and the monarch, of course, must stay neutral on matters of state. How do you think King Charles will adapt to this new role?
1: Well, I think you're absolutely right, Karen. I mean, when he was Prince Charles, he was pretty outspoken, uh, certainly on, on things, you know, matters that were very important to him, like the environment architecture as well. I mean, one of his most famous quotes is about the awful carbuncle uh, on on the River Thames. That was something he said way back in the 1980s. I had to actually go back and look it up because I think the quote itself is more well remembered than the building he was actually, you know, you know, criticizing at the time. It was an extension to the National Gallery, a sort of modernist building. Um, you know, so yes, he was very outspoken on, on those topics that he's passionate about. And of course, some people are concerned that that perhaps maybe he'll carry that outspokenness into his new role, which he's really not supposed to do. You know, the monarch is supposed to remain neutral. And many would say that was one of the, the great strengths of the Queen that for so many years, for decades and decades, she was able to do that. What I would say on the other side of that is that this is a job and let make no doubt of it, you know, it, it is a job. This is a job that Prince Charles has been in waiting for for most of his life. So I think he understands that the um, what goes along with that and what's expected of him. Um, so I, I would expect, though I'm no royal commentator, I would expect him to dial it back a bit and be a little bit less outspoken. However, we are, we are beginning to learn a little bit about what we can expect from Charles as king. And uh, once he has, um, you know, once the state funeral has happened on Monday, we're expecting the uh, prince, excuse me, the king, and I've just done it myself, King Charles to then go on a tour of the rest of the United to kingdom back to Scotland, back to Northern Ireland, back to Wales. Now, this is not precedent, this is something that King Charles himself wants to do. So, he's not taking you know, he's not going to retreat, he's not going to take a back seat. Um, you know, I think he's definitely going to go on the front foot and you know. We don't know if he'll be outspoken, but certainly he's taking the role seriously. Um, and, and, you know, we'll just have to see exactly what kind of king he'll be, I suppose.
0: And in the wider family, uh, the tabloids have been full of the new prince and princess of Wales, William and Catherine, going walkabout with Harry and Meghan. How have they been, you know, what's been the response in the country to, to what's going on there
1: yeah, very positive one, I think. I, I saw that certainly widely reported on social media. I think a lot of people um, happy to see the two brothers and, and their wives side by side again. You know, again, it's speculation that they've fallen out. I mean, I can't, I, I don't know one way or the other, um, but certainly they, they've not spent as much time together as perhaps they did in, in, you know, previous years. So I think most people just responding very warmly to that and just great to see because, you know, there'll be echoes of of the two young boys that followed behind um, uh, Princess Diana's coffin after her tragic death in 1997 and so I think just to see them together united you know with with both their wives there as well just a united front I think many people are are very happy to see that though like everything in 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 the modern day uh, it's a divisive issue as well and that some people don't always agree about you know who said what or who's done what
0: And just quickly, we've got about a minute and a half left. Uh, European Mm. Commission President Ursula von der Leyen is going to deliver the State of the European Union speech in Brussels this week. So what can we expect from her?
1: Well, yeah, so
0: it's, I
1: think it's fair to say, look, that the, the State of Union address does not attract the kind of attention of its namesake in the United States. Um, you know, when the US president would stand up and, and lay out what's what's to come for the United States in, in the coming year. However, given this year, given rising prices, gas prices, given the war in Ukraine, um, and, and particularly what's happened in the last 24 hours or 48 hours with these huge Ukrainian gains we're learning about Uh, In the north of the country, uh, reclaiming, retaking uh, territory off off Russia. Um, I think many people will be focusing more keenly, focusing in on this speech more keenly than they may have. Essentially, she's going to lay out a list of uh, ways that the bloc can get together and try and put a cap on or try and stop these rising gas prices. Um, She's she's outlined a few already, but. Again, we'll just have to see what happens later in the week. But a lot of attention on this, given the wider geopolitical context of what's going on right now.
0: Good one, Pete. Thank you. Talk to you again. Good stuff. Thanks, Karen. Always a pleasure. That's Pete Ross in London.